everybody. We're back. Hey, it's been a while. Yeah, it has. It, it uh, what the fuck was that featuring Rudy and Jad? And today's episode where it's like we don't have a lot to talk about because when I went it's... to do research, <laughs> I couldn't find anything. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, creators of this show, uh, oh, we should experiment with a few and uh, don't. The Adventures of Donkey Ollie. Donkey Ollie, yeah. So, um, I think it's supposed to sort of be like they're making making a what's the word? Uh, like not a uh, kind of like I think it's Plus supposed play. to be like Don Quixote. The the story about the dude who fought the wind the the windmill. Oh, oh, oh shit! I didn't even notice that connection. Yeah, that's what I thought. I could be wrong, but, um, Jad, I'm going to let you expose, because you're the one who brought this to my attention. Oh, yeah, so, Donkey Ali is a Christian children's cartoon, and it's, uh, I feel really bad for when I say the songs of Macleod and any Don't Offense story, because, I mean, the songs in this show... Don't offense this story at all. It's about this it's a little donkey Ollie who prides himself on his alien genes and how <laughs> Yeah. That was the first joke I made in the first episode. It's kinda true though, because the thing is Dolly Ollie was born white, blonde, blonde hair, hair. And He's like I'm special, and his brothers end up hating him. Like the whole thing is like, okay. So again, Christian cartoon. Um, so the thing is, it starts off with I think it's an art or something being like, uh, hey, I'm gonna tell you the story about how donkeys throughout history. Mr. Have- Narrator is his name. Oh yeah, the narrator. There's a narrator, and then Mr. there's narrator to you. That's literally <laughs> what they call him. <laughs> okay, so uh, in the first episode, I only watched the first episode because I kind of sat there like I don't think I can watch anymore. Oh, you couldn't make it past the first episode? Oh, no! no, guys. Okay, the animation in this is awful. awful. Like it the character is... designs, the animation. It is it's, ugly. It's like uh, someone took David Cronenberg monsters and decided, hmm, you know what? This is good enough for a children's program. Yeah, like, you guys know that movie Food Fight? It looks like that. Like, and the thing is, is this is supposed to be um, for kids, but I'm like, this is not appealing to children. Under- yeah. Oh. And these circumstances, because, again, Designs like even the human designs are really, really bad. Uh, just there's nothing appealing about it. And see, the thing is, like, the songs in this are really, really, really bad. Yeah, like they just press the uh, demo on the keyboard and just winged it from there. That, yeah, that's kind of what it, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. They're just like super generic, and then see, the lyrics don't help at all. The person that gets to sing for Ollie doesn't match his character. 
Frankenstein, and it also doesn't oh, okay. match his voice actor. I'm like, you guys no, didn't it's... even. Try. Yeah, this the singer sounds like they're stuck from the '80s, trying to go on. Yeah, like it's this soulful voice, and I'm just like, this does not match the character model. It is so. Um, let's see. Basically, this one donkey was telling other donkeys stories about how donkeys had been used by um I think this donkey was saying she was the one who uh what Mary and Joseph to Jerusalem so she's I guess yeah pretty... she tied uh, Mary and Jerusalem of Joseph to give birth to Jesus yes and the thing was is like I don't know how old she was because it seems like then Jesus has grown up. So how long do donkeys live? I don't really know, but oh, it seems just now I gotta look that up. Yeah, because this is what we're talking about Jesus because the main plot of the first to 40 episode... years. Okay, bit of life on oh, them. Bit of life. All right. Okay. But see what happens is um they hear that uh Jesus is looking for a donkey and Two of the, I think it's two of the apostles come looking for him. I can't remember which ones. Um, I don't remember the names. Uh, all they say is that the quote unquote master instructed them that they had to find a white donkey for Jesus. <laughs> I don't think they thought that through, like at all. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I have nothing against people who want to make like cartoons that are talking about Jesus and all that, but you have to find a way to do it correctly because it's like, for one thing, kids aren't stupid. Two, you also have to appeal to kids and make sure that they're interested and want to, like, watch what you're putting in front of them. If it, you know, doesn't, like, they're not going to stay. No, and I... And I doubt any could have had the attention spent for this. Hell, oh, yeah. I didn't even have the attention spent for this. And I sat through <laughs> all 13 freaking episodes. You watched all 13? Oh, God. I Does it get worse? I watched all 13. I thought, oh, God. I owe you like a beer the time I see so you. Because, uh, see, what happens in this episode is it's kind of, you know, it's kind of lighthearted. Until, like... The very end. Oh my! Oh, I actually laughed the first time I watched that. Like, donkey is chosen by Jesus to ride him to Jerusalem, and then a few mm -hmm. days later, after arriving, Jesus was crucified, and Donkey Adi had to bring his body back in a bag. It is he actually so... carries Jesus Christ's body back in a bag, it's and he so becomes so dark. depressed that he can't eat or sleep. Which would make sense. Yeah, and... Just... What happens in the next episode? Oh, we haven't even talked about the heel turn in the first episode, but immediately, as an hour, we talked about how depressed and sad Ali is about Jesus dying. Immediately transcends to the live action with Farmer John's Corner. Yeah, I don't know if this is the dude um, who made it or what, but it goes to live action. And it is literally a dude who's like on a farm, With and a named Clarence who's going to teach you how to draw a donkey, Ollie. 
Yeah, it's... He seems like he's trying really, really hard, you know, you know, be friendly and inviting and... I mean, I feel a little bad for him because it's like, this feels so awkward. He's trying. It is obviously he's trying to be inviting so the kids will, you know, be in but I don't really think it works. And, uh, Oh, right. The basic info of the show, I didn't go over. All oh, right, right. <clears throat> oh, and because uh, this, this, I only have three bullet points because the creators and the production company behind Dakiani are basically an enigma. Like, yep. they have no internet footprint aside from their own website and international movie database. Yeah, there's like nothing. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Dakiani was created by Boat Angel a Christian charity that only accepts donations in the form of boats and boat parts. Yes, really. Okay. Animation was outsourced to DQ Entertainment, located in India. They were bas- yeah. They're basically, uh, yeah, India has cheaper labor costs, so all the preschool uh, entertainment companies outsourced to there. So it comes to come out surprise. And uh, finally... DVDs are free, but only available in bundles of 10 for some reason. My sister and brother weird. bought them as a joke and hid them around my house like Easter eggs. <laughs> so that's how you were introduced to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, I know people, like, that's a lot. It's like, that's it? It's like, yeah, dude, normally, you know, I like to try to be, we like to try to be thorough about this stuff, but we seriously could not find Anything. There's no Wikipedia page, no fan pages. This. There's nothing. Because also, I don't know li- small of an impact Donkey Ali has. Yeah, and, and to make thirteen episodes, which I find shocking, because you said this a charity company, right? Yep, Boat Angel. Okay, so if it's a charity company, I mean. Didn't have enough money for a second season or something? Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Why this show only lasted 13 episodes? Not surprised. Like, I can't see kids liking this. See, I used to, I used to go to church a long time ago. I don't anymore. When I was volunteering in the nursery, like towards the end of the day, if the kids were getting, we would go get a video. I would be the one who would go get the video, and the thing. We always chose VeggieTales. Because, like, regardless of how you feel about VeggieTales, VeggieTales has the better animation, it has the better songs, and it does a better job of holding the kids' attention. Yeah, I uh, didn't grow up watching VeggieTales, but I knew that even non-religious audiences were able to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, because they made it interesting enough for the kids, but made it fun and for the adults. So, like, you know, there were, like, jokes and that the adults could get more than the kids. And I also just think it did a better job of teaching kids about, you know, Jesus, because see, one of the things I talked about it was it always ended with God makes you special and he loves you very much. Mm-hmm. So it ends on a positive note. There's none of this, um, let's try to make kids feel bad mm-hmm. when to Jesus. And it's like, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> this just feels like it was trying also to like, this is another issue I think when it comes to religious stuff made for kids is some of them 
try so hard to make what they're talking about, like, really kind of dark. But, like, there has to be a, you know, a limit. I feel like a lot of kids are not going to also understand Jesus being crucified. Mm-hmm. And uh, it only gets darker from here because I watched the other 12 episodes if you'd like me to summarize them. So, uh, Asakiya is suppressed. Uh, Jesus comes in and divine intervention is a big running theme in this show. And he sings a song about, about uh, how he has come again and then disappears. Then, and uh, they meet some healer to uh, heal the farmer's son and who always has to use as a crutch and immediately after being healed once, he's, he becomes, it suddenly turns into Assassin's Creed Jerusalem because he does backflips, wall jumps, wall runs. Like, this kid is like freaking Ezio from Assassin's Creed suddenly. Like, what the fuck? Oh my gosh. Oh, and uh, also suddenly afterwards, the guy who healed mm-hmm. him was stoned to death. Oh, gee. Yeah. So it does another like lighthearted thing and then a really dark turn. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna be have a hard time trying to think of it because the characters I can't remember majority of the names. Just I can't so remember any of their names. Episodes. Yeah, the, it was. I'm like I said, it was a hard one to sit through. And in the third episode, the farmer it takes another dark turn with the farmer going. Well, young lady, you're almost 13 now. It's time to get hitched. You know? What? Uh, yeah, that... I, out of all the things, I thought we were safe from child grooming. But no, it takes an incredibly God. dark turn. And Obama even says... Obama even told his daughter that uh, he's doing this because the farmer uh, from across the road is paying a high price for her to marry his son. And oh God. what's gross is that they treat it like it's a happy loving thing. Ew. And even have a marriage in the fourth episode and the song is just so dark and so dreary despite being that them trying to attempt to betray it as a happy thing. Once again, these people do not understand tone. No. No, and oh god, what happened next and Oh, I'm trying to. I'm a part of me is convinced that my brain is trying to black out memories to Donkey Kong in order to protect my fragile mental health. But uh, the three brothers got disappeared, and they got told to some guy by Rome, and some crow tells Donkey Ali, Hey, uh, you know why? Uh, your brothers that's got sold in uh, Rome. And Oh, yeah, for some reason, Donkey Ali can talk to humans because that's supposed to be God's gift to him, the ability to talk to humans. And, oh, my God. And, oh, what the hell's happened in this damn cartoon? This cartoon is so. Oh, yeah, there was a time skip, and the uh, groomed girl and her husband now have children. And they got kidnapped by some Egyptians for slave labor. Oh, Jesus. And you, they actually get, and it's not uh, good. Like, it's brutal. They're ripped. And 
and except uh, I just remember one dumb line where there was one guy who would sympathize with him because he was kidnapped as a baby to put into slave labor. And mm-hmm. one horrible line he says is, just because it's, I'm a slaver doesn't mean I'm bad. Like, that's a fucking oxymoron. And he even has yeah. a song telling him and his co-worker not to rip the people. And, oh God, the lyrics, it's just, don't touch little girls or you'll feel real oh, bad. Like, oh my oh, God. Oh wait, I've seen a clip of that. That's yeah, what this is. Oh my God. Yeah, he, uh, he teased he's going to review it, but it is a really bad one that even he's struggling. That's how bad <sighs> he spoke. And uh, so, yeah, another time skip. And the brother, Ollie's three donkey brothers, get mixed up with, uh, with some donkey thieves. They get captured and sold to a Coliseum in Rome where they had to fight to the death against lions and elephants and hyenas. Jeez, I don't remember that in history. Yeah, me neither. And but they escape, and uh, that's. I'm telling I... you, it. I am. I exhausted myself watching these because this is usually the worst thing we had to watch for this podcast. Yeah, so and we're only three episodes yeah. in. This is the worst thing. Like, compared to Raggedy Ann and Andy and, and Olympics, this so far has got to be the worst. There's just Maggie nothing had, here. Raggedy Ann and Andy at least had some creative animation, a few catchy songs, and Adam Olympics was at least uh, surreal enough. But this has nothing. No, even the joke of, oh, it's so bad, it's hilarious, just nope. wears spin shortly after. It's like, it's not like The Room or something, you know? It's like The Room is interesting because there's so much bizarre stuff going on. But with Donkey, it's just the bizarre stuff is not enough to keep you entertained. And it's not enough to, like, make up for the really bad artwork. It's like the art is just so gross. And, uh, like, the way they draw lips is really upsetting. The oh, donkeys God. have these really pronounced lips, so it's just yeah. There's really nothing to grab on here, and I'm kind of not surprised that this only had like 13 episodes. And like, I, I I don't even know if like this company is still around, to be honest, because it's like I couldn't we couldn't find we could barely find anything on it. We could just find the well, name uh, of the charity, and that's it. Well, apparently, uh, boats and boat related parts isn't enough to fund production for the show, apparently. I would like that. Also, just seems like such an odd charity. Like it only takes boat-related stuff. That seems so specific. Yeah, it's like uh, that freaking cause for kids commercial. Yeah, th- th- it just feels. It's really odd. So, I mean, like um, this is like another thing where it's like talk about just because it's so bad, bland, and bland, bland. Like I don't think I could recommend this at all. Yeah, I, I suggest you stay. And my tolerance for cringe is really, 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 really high. Like, I introduced my friends to some I'm, I'm really bad stuff, but even I couldn't tolerate this show. Yeah, it's there's got to be a limit. Yeah. Unless you guys, unless you just 
become hardened like stone. Oh, I'd I recommend avoiding this completely. Like, don't give oh, yeah. people your boats and don't give them your boat related parts. Also, don't show this to your kids, please. No, it's, it will scar them. God. Yeah. Just put on Tom and Jerry and call it a day. Yeah. So, see, I think this is just like, again, this is good. I think we'll run into where it's like, there's not enough, enough here for us to talk about. We kind of got lucky because, oh my gosh, there's been so much going on in September, but also this week. So we have a lot to talk about. Guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start, Jad? Do you want to start? Uh, guess you uh, should get the sad part out of the way. Uh, rapper yeah. Coolio has passed away at the age of 59. Yeah, and that just I, I bummed me out. Like I didn't like yeah, listen. I just found out today. Yeah, I, I didn't like listen to his music like religiously, but everybody knew who Coolio was. You know who Coolio was, hmm. and so it's just, yeah, that really sucked because it kind of he feels he's like one of those dudes who feels immortal in a way. Hmm. And then um, what's even is weird how you think of it. Like posted a picture of him. Yeah. It says, there's a picture of him and Coolio together. Coolio's giving him a hug, and it says Rip Coolio, and I'm like, well, my heart is breaking even more now. I remember there was a bit of a feud when uh, he did that parody cover, Gangster's Paradise, and Coolio said that album was too, well, that song was too serious and too dark to be parodied. Yeah, but I guess they uh, over like they that. Tried. Yeah, yeah. And like a so, lot of kids in the 90s, I was introduced to Coolio through the Kenan and Kel theme. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, and he's done a lot of stuff. Like, he's probably one of the most, like, well rappers. Um, he achieved his, like, success in the 90s with It Takes a Gangster's Paradise and My Soul. And he um, won, like, a Grammy for Gangster's Paradise. Um, I think he also did some acting, too. Yeah. Oh, he did a, a bit. I remember he was in Batman and Robin. Uh, he, yeah, he was a very prolific guy. He was still doing stuff. So, yeah, it really sucks. I, I my my to his family. Yeah. Now this is something uh, you showed, Dad. Oh, and oh I, yeah. The next article. Uh, mm-hmm. This one took me side by surprise. Illumination oh, is announcing they're, they're launching a new adult animation subsidiary called Moonlight. So. And- this division is going to produce animated projects that appeal outside the family-friendly Illumination brand. This and, uh, is going to be interesting. Because, yeah, okay, and, so uh, the guy they oh, got sorry. to do this, his name is Mike Moon. He's been this for a while. He, he was an artist first. He spent 15 years working in cartoons. He worked for Sony, Disney, and Cartoon Network. So he worked on uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and an upcoming uh, special on Netflix entitled Intergalactic. So this is a guy who knows what he's doing. He understands. And he previously served as the head of adult animation at Netflix. Yeah, but he left. That's that's true. That's right. Done a big animation exodus. So here's my thing. I think the reason this is both taking us by storm because what is Illumination mostly known for? Uh, comedies. 
and it's also known for a certain type of character that people the minions, yeah, either love or hate. Yep, the minions. So, I mean, I'm not saying that they can't do this. It just, I feel like out of all the ways to do this, I wasn't expecting it to be Illumination. Yeah, and I think Puffet has to do with uh, the streaming was hitting up with uh, more adult audiences wanting to find uh, animated series and movies to get into. Mm -hmm. Like you've seen how successful um, Hulu and Fox were with animated adult animation and Netflix as oh, yeah. well, and and of course uh, also... anime. Uh, a lot of oh yeah, oh yeah. Are even uh, collaborating with Japanese production companies to produce. Uh, original anime as well. See, but I also think um, Rick and Morty, I think maybe this just didn't realize how popular, I, mean, I don't think anyone realized how popular it would, be, it would become, and so I think they're starting to finally realize, hey, we'll make more money if we make more animated stuff for adults, but I think the thing is, is now they're experimenting with it more, because one of the major problems, I've talked about this before with animation, almost every single adult animated cartoon is a ripoff of The Simpsons, South Park or Family Guy. Yeah, that's always been a problem for years with me. Yeah, and it just started to now mix it up because, like, we got Bojack Horseman and Birdie, and like I said, Rick and Morty and uh, Primal. I haven't watched Primal, but everyone is loving it, and it's like because this is like this is something different. It's like and they won an Emmy. Know, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. So it's like the issue for such a long period of time, it's been the same thing. The thing is also, when people rip stuff off, like 95% of the time, they don't understand what made something popular. You know? Yeah. I mean, say what you want about The Simpsons, but there's no denying its impact to, like, you know, media as a whole. But I feel like people, like, look at The Simpsons, like, okay, we need a fat dad, we need a semi-attractive mom, we need, like, three and then they don't do anything else with it. Yeah. So this gives me hope. Like, I wouldn't mind more adult animation. I want them to mix it up. So, fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah, now, here. we have... Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah. This one I didn't, uh, really surprised I accidentally copied the oh. wrong article. Yeah. Okay, oh, no. so everybody knows who Ryan Reynolds is. Of course. Oh, hell and yeah. Deadpool. He, yep, like... uh. Really, kind of. I think what he's always going to be known for is like the is Deadpool, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I um, knew it was a project he wanted to do for years. Oh yeah, and um, he uh, he did that really bad Wolverine prequel a while back. Oh, yeah, but he got lucky and he got to be Deadpool again when they made the Deadpool movie. And uh, I might, I don't know, I might catch a flag from this, but I think. Deadpool 1 and 2 are some of the best superhero movies. And I'm hoping the third one's good, but in like true Ryan Reynolds fashion, he's sort of sort of cheesy, inspirational. But then yeah, at the end, he's like... struggling on how what he can do for <laughs> Deadpool 3 and how it'll fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because they announced it's going to be the first R-rated film in the MCU. Ooh. <laughs> I hope they don't fuck it up. It was funny because they were like, um, so it's like, so this is like my only idea. He's like, hey, Hugh, and you see Hugh Jackman, like in the back, go into the kitchen and grab an apple. Yeah, 
You want to be in Deadpool 3 as Wolverine? Okay. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it fits so perfectly. Yeah. Just, okay, I'm actually excited for this. I was a little on the fence, but faith in this, although I will say I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Wolverine because, um, let me see, how old is he, Jackman? Um, Okay. I know he's like, see, I remember falling in love with like, Hugh Jackman in middle school. So I know he's, let me see, he's 53. Okay. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because he said um, the reasons he can't keep doing Wolverine is because of the intense work and out. workout. Yeah, he has to go on. Like, mm-hmm. He says it's too much. He loves Wolverine. That's like probably his favorite this Wolverine. Yeah, and but he, uh, yeah, I'm looking and, up. He holds the Guinness World Record for longest career as a live action Marvel character. And uh, oh, oh, really? No wait, it was passed in 2021. Shit. Who was it? Tom Hiddleston? Uh, crap, it's loading. Come on. Oh, um, it's a three way tie. Oh, it is? Yeah, Toby McGuire, J.K. Simmons, and William Defoe. What? Oh, wow. Oh, mm-hmm. it was for No Way Home. Okay. Oh, yeah, because okay. William Defoe has been playing the Green Goblin for a while. And I do remember he was technically in the third uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I- I'm excited, but I feel like maybe they might do the old man Logan that they did in Logan. Yeah, would would be fine with because it's just I mean I do love the character of Wolverine, but I'm with like Hugh Jackman. It's like I don't think he'll be able to continue to do that regiment. Like, oh yeah. Um. Like uh. See, I think so that might be one of the reasons. I, I'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons. Also, um, Chris Evans decided like you know what. I'm not going to be Captain America anymore because he did love being Cap, but I also have a feeling besides wanting to do different stuff, he was probably like, I keep doing this. I'm getting tired. I can't imagine how exhausting to like lose weight and keep it up and everything. It's got to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I heard the regime, workout regime, the guy go through is really intense in order to keep that superhero bod. Yeah. I think that's probably why I wouldn't want to maybe be in films. Like, no thanks. <laughs> On the bright side, I am excited for them introducing mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe finally. Yeah, this is see, and I'm this is gonna go one of two ways. It's either gonna be really good or it's gonna be really bad. But mm-hmm. you know what? I'm, I'm cautious. I'm not optimistic about this. I'm not optimistic about a lot of stuff when it comes to MCU, but this I am optimistic about. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, so next is Oddballs. Now, I don't know who, like, spends a lot of time on YouTube. I do, and I watch a lot of animators. So one of the most popular animators is someone called The Oddball. His name is James, but that's his uh, handle. And it was announced, I think, maybe about a month ago or so, that he actually was going to have a show on Netflix. Oh, crap. And, yeah, there's a trailer, and it's called Oddballs. Um, Here's a synopsis. Oddballs follows James, a boy whose observations on life fuel his comedic rants at everyday annoyances 
and elevates them to laughably absurd heights, along with his best friend, Max, a talking crocodile, and Echo, a girl who claims to be from the future. James's ridiculous schemes often result in disaster. So, yeah, like, I think this is probably going to be pretty good. I, I watched videos where he talked about this, about what it was, um, what it was like to work on this, like how, um, you know, how he had to go through the process. Like, I actually found it interesting because he was, he did, he recently did a video talking about what you need to do in order to get, um, like an animated, uh, you know, an animated project, uh, like, uh, you know, so it was just, to me, it was just super interesting going through all this. Um, so I'm excited for this. Well, I should give his videos a watch since I don't know if they ring a yeah. bell or not. I don't know. The outside seems familiar, but I will give you a link to one of uh, the, the video that like kind of made me start watching him. Like I think probably most popular videos are the ones he did about working at Subway. Um, but yeah, it's oh. I'm, ex I'm excited for this. I hope, you know, um, I, I hope it's good. So yeah, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, do you read this one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, so Peacock, that one streaming service you probably heard of but never subscribed to, is coming out <laughs> with a new uh, Barney documentary film. Um, yep. Um, let's see. I Love You, You Hate Me. It's, yeah. It shows it follows the production history of uh, Barney the Dinosaur. Those of you who grew up outside the 90s, Barney the Dinosaur was a preschool show on PBS about a puppet dinosaur at school. They sang song, teach children lessons, and for a while, he was really popular. Even I had a Barney face as, as oh, a yeah. young, young peanut. And, <laughs> and also, uh, led to a series of rumors about drug smuggling and cartels, and of course, since it was popular, everyone hated it. Like, you see yeah. uh, parody comics and stuff all about Barney. People Barney and, uh, really hated it, but I didn't know it got so bad that, like, there were death threats against people. Like, what the Holy crap? crap. And, uh, I random note, I saw one video of uh, outtakes because I like to have fun on the set where mm -hmm. Bonnie just steals a woman's purse and runs <laughs> maniacally a running. I, I kind of thought that was funny. Put my cup around with your new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, I was like, oh, this thing's like overly edgy, but I kind of think it'll be interesting because, like, see, the, the, the thing is, the, the actors on the show were kids. Took place at elementary school, so I can't imagine how that like affected them. I also just again, I kind of feel like I can understand hating something, but this is a preschool show, and this is like one of the more inoffensive ones. I think my favorite parody of Bonnie was the Animaniacs one, Baloney. Oh, that. Oh, that yeah, it was just because I they like the the. the Animaniacs were like forced to hang out with him and they did not want to be there. It was obvious they did not like this guy. <laughs> and then to the end, the song. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's like I, ha- I I couldn't feel bad for him. I was like, yeah, they made him like they when they did Barney, they always dialed it up. Like they made him more annoying than he was in the show. Uh, All right. So yeah, this next this next piece. The Ned Bumachin scandal. Wait, I don't think I heard about this one. You have it? Oh my gosh, Ned- yeah, this is all talking about on Twitter and TikTok and oh, the past few days. Ned Farmer. Ned Farmer. Uh, Jed, uh, have you ever what? heard of the Try Guys? Uh, no. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take over because I love the Try Guys, so I'm going to explain. So, BuzzFeed got a group of and they started a series called guys and um i think after like maybe a year the try guys were popular enough that they decided hey you know what like what's going on with buzzfeed and we're going to leave and take the brand with us and the thing was is like the try guys were probably um most popular series on there besides the ghost hunters so they were already successful, so they're like, we're going to start our own company. And they have been super successful over the years. Like, they're probably one of the most successful, like, YouTubers, some of the most successful YouTubers on YouTube. Now, I just sent Chad a picture. Those are the Try Guys from left to right. Ned, Keith, Eugene, and Zach. So, the thing is, is a lot of them had sort of, like, a shtick. See, Eugene, I guess... Uh, he later revealed that he was gay, so he's kind of like, you know, the gay try guy, but he's also really, he really loves dogs. He loves fashion, stuff like that. He's kind of awkward, like, around babies. Uh, Zach is kind of, he's a little eccentric, and Keith, it, like, really loves food and stuff, but with Ned, his thing was that he loved his wife. Oh, no! Talk- oh! <laughs> yeah. You see where this is going? He yeah. talked about his wife, Ariel, constantly. He also talked about his son, Wes, um, constantly. And he also talked about his new son, Finn. So, so this all sort of, I think this officially was maybe on Tuesday. But, um, like, I logged in. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Everyone's talking about Try Guys. And I saw Ned Fulmer cheating. And I was like, oh, no. And so... Already, this is bad. So, it turned out that to Ariel for a while, was caught cheating. That's who he was cheating with. Oh, I, I'm afraid to ask. Was it someone awful? No, but you see, he wasn't dating. He wasn't just cheating on his wife with someone random. It was someone he worked with. Oh, no. Someone no. who was an employee under him. No. Also, Ariel is part of the company. His wife works for Try Guy, so Ariel also worked with this person. Oh Jesus! So he cheated on Ariel, a girl named Alex. She was an editor on the videos, and she also um had like her own show called The Food Babies, like. She was a, I would say she's like pretty popular. Like I knew who she was. I have she, she show that was a spinoff of another show where uh, Keith would try all the foods at a fast rest, fast food restaurant 
that he would give the food to the food babies so they could, you know. So this was someone who, like, worked not under Ned, but beside Ned, too. Oh, my God. Oh, and you think, you think it couldn't get worse. Oh, but here's the oh thing. No. Dropping another bomb. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Alex. Was oh, no. She was cheating, too? Yes, she was in a relationship with Peter, who also works for the Try Guys. No. no. He worked with them, and they were, and guess what? They were engaged. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, no. For 10 years they were together. And here's, I think, what, to me, what makes this thing really shitty is the Try Guys had been making videos about weddings to help get Alexandria, like, ready for her wedding. Excited Jesus. for it. Oh, no. She was, like, talking to me. She's like, I'm so happy to be a bride and everything. So... I, like when I found this out, I remember like waiting. Like one of my things was like, "Isn't Alex supposed to be getting married?" Because a good chunk of the recent videos have been about wedding, like dresses, bridesmaid dresses. So this entire thing has been a shit such show. a big. It has because see, from what I'm understanding, so I don't know why I did this, but Alex and Ned decided he's like, "Hey, we're gonna go to a." concerts together and we're gonna freaking kiss so what happened someone took a picture and they sent it to will and ariel no yeah no. okay so here's my thing cheating is one of those things the worst things you can do it is such a shitty thing to do but here's the thing about ned ned didn't just ruin his marriage ruined his kid's life. He potentially ruined the company he started with his friends. Like, I can't imagine how the other Try Guys are feeling right now. Like, they made a statement saying we, um, like, like Ned is fired. They basically said, um, hang on, what did they say? Ned Fulmore is no longer working with as a result of a thorough internal review, we do not see a path forward together. We thank you for your support as we navigate this change. So, he's gone. No, Officially. Can't. Yeah. Jeez. Um. That is... Wow, that was one hell of a scandal. Yeah, and... See, right now, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, the turn new but here's from what I'm understanding um they they couldn't just because Ned owns part of the company he owned part of it so from what I so what I think they did is was like okay we actually have to do uh we have to do our due diligence we have to actually look at what's going on we have to uh you know, do an investigation to see if this is true, and then they were going to fire him, because people were even pointing out, like, Ned hasn't been in a lot of the recent videos. They edited Ned and Alex out of a bunch of the recent ones. Oh my god. Yeah, it's been, like, it's over 
TikTok and Reddit because see, someone's like, why is this not as bad as being the dude from Maroon Five cheating? Well, because Adam Levine had been before, but also Ned made his whole entire career lead a dedicated wife and dedicated wife loving man. You know, that was his stick. Like they made a toy, toys of the Try Guys. And you press the button and they would say stuff. And one of the things Ned said was, my wife. That was his shtick. He even made a book with Ariel. They made a book. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. God. Like I've said, this whole thing has been a mess. And just, like, more stuff is being revealed. I just feel really bad for Ariel. And I feel well because it just, like, this whole thing is an absolute mess like will has deleted all his social media ariel has put like her comment on instagram like on um, like you know she's like you can't comment on her story stuff this whole thing has been a mess for like the past like three days what do you think uh i think that was well, I mean, you actually had to go out of your way to try in order to implode your career like that. Like, you know, yeah. to uh, not just take your, not, not just to bring yourself down, but to take down every single one person around you, like a black hole. Just sucking yeah. up all your co-workers, all your hard work, and just flush it all down the toilet. Yeah. I think another thing also is that, like, yeah, I, See, the thing, it's not that, like, I think, you know, if he had maybe cheated on Ariel with someone who wasn't in the company, it would still be bad, but not as bad. Both he and, like, Alex totally imploded their um, careers and their friendships. I don't, I, like, I think that's another thing people keep bringing up is, like, of all the people for Alex to cheat on, she cheated with me. Ned. If you look at the picture, Ned is not that attractive. I'm sorry. He's, mm -hmm. he's just not. So it just, it just also seems really weird. Um, it just, it just, like, the whole thing is really, like, to me, it's personally upsetting because I love the Try Guys. So, um, being, uh, watching this is just it's been sort of interesting but it's also been upsetting just because i really feel bad for keys zach and eugene and ariel and will i feel bad for so many people <sighs> yeah so <laughs> after that okay, bombshell so here's what i'm more familiar with a new trailer for unicorn wars has dropped and you're probably wondering what the hell is unicorn wars well, it's an independent French and Spanish animated movie. It focuses on a group of religious and bigoted uh, teddy bears going to war against these environmentalist unicorns. And from the outside, I glance, you think it might look like something out of a Fancy Time or Culture Network, but oh, it is a really dark movie. They were fucking on the. Uh, Psychological and physical torture of warfare and religious indoctrination, and and it's 
it is gonna be dark. Like G Kids picked up the distribution rights button in North America. They uh, currently have the uh, distribution kids. No, it is not for kids. No, it is dark and girly and bloody and uh, don't let your kids anywhere near it. But check it out when it's released in America. It looks interesting because from what the vibe I'm getting, I think this might also be sort of like a, a satire, possibly, because it also I feel like it's gonna, you know, uh. What, what what's the word like? It's going to be talking about, you know, religion, mm-hmm. um, and like war and stuff. But it it looks like really good. I actually kind of like I I like stuff that is um that is kind of like, but also kind of dark. And I feel like a lot of people can't um do it that well. But this looks like it's going to be good. Yeah, I can tell by the poster they did for it. It's Looks colorful, uh, but also incredibly dark. And yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm excited for this it. one. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it. We're gonna be like praising about it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, and then um, I was um, I watched this trailer. Um. I watched it, I think, maybe yesterday. I can't remember. But a poster for the uh, Disney movie Strange World dropped. I'm actually excited for this because not only is this an original film from Disney, but the art looks really good. And it's giving me, like, um, like 70s, like, vibes. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, Young White, Gabrielle Union, Lucy Liu. Um, it's about a legendary family of explorers. Um, the clades and from what it seems what happened is um i think the son who's now like all grown up with dad went missing on some sort of exploration but um some instances like hey we need your help finding your dad and so they get to go on like this really cool scott scott sci-fi adventure it looks really fun and the art looks really beautiful like i watched the trailer like there's a lot of like gorgeous details as usual but the characters are also really expressive and stuff. And it's nice to see something from Disney that's not a remake. Or yeah. And I believe Don Han is directing it. Uh, he's been uh, working at the story artist at Disney Animation since the 90s. And he directed Big Hero 6. And yeah, and he won an Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I have, like, faith in this. Um... Yeah, like, because I, mean, I know we like to make fun of, like, you know, Disney, but it's like, it really seems like it just, it seems like it's been a while since, like, they announced an original. When we were doing the Disney um convention thing, most of the stuff, like, a good chunk of the stuff were remakes or sequels that we were talking about. Yeah, when they do something right, they do something right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful for this just because, um, just like, yeah, I, mean, I understand why Disney did remix and stuff like that to make money. I get that, but it just seems like recently that's kind of all they've been doing. So it's nice to see something that is original. Mm-hmm. Now, before we move on to 
conversations. I was going to say we could talk about some of the other Disney conference stuff that they talked about because we only talked about the animated stuff. But, Jad, I wanted to ask you, do you want to talk about the other stuff that they talked about at Disney? Let's, do I, let's see if I remember the other stuff. Hang on. I think I, I might still have the link to the article. Here it is. Because we didn't talk about the Marvel or Star Wars stuff. Oh, we did? No, we didn't. We didn't oh, talk about Marvel Studios, and we didn't talk about Star Wars. We just did the animated stuff because we agreed there was too much stuff. Dude, even, like, the Marvel stuff is long. Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's uh, a cinematic universe. Yeah, you read them out because I don't have the uh, link. <clears throat> Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Director Ryan Coogler sold an exclusive scene revealing that the international community is how that the international community is after the country supply vibranium in the wake of King Kajakala's death. So, I forgot the movie comes out this year, so I am a little... I'm really, I am going to watch it, but it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to just start crying because it's like, oh no. Yeah. I know this movie is probably going to be hard for a lot of people. Oh, definitely. Alright. Ant-Man and Wasp, the is five. Oh, Jesus Christ, is five of the MCU on February 17th, 2023. Oh, boy. Um, how do feel about this? <laughs> and uh, apparently, Modoc's gonna be the main villain. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hmm. Hope they hmm. don't butcher him. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm really not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. WandaVision director Matt Shackman has officially revealed. To Helming Fantastic Four. No more Fantastic Four movies. Ugh. No, dude. I don't know uh, what it is. Yeah. But... I'm. I remember one guy I follow, Doctor Cupcakes. He does amazing investigative journalism into the game industry and cancer mm -hmm. titles. And he is praying to God that they do not whitewash Doctor Doom because he's supposed to be like a a Romanian, I think. That's right. He's supposed to be white, but he's always been played by a white dude. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because I didn't know he was such a complex character in the comics. Like, his country he, he, he grew up in was basically left into ruins, and he actually stepped in, in as a dictator and made it more, surprisingly, made it more prosperous. However, that doesn't excuse how dark he is, and he's actually one of the most OP comic book villains in history, which I didn't know. Yeah, I've heard like, like good stuff just, about him in the comics. Yeah, like he's not just a scientist, but he's also a sorcerer. Yeah, it's see, it just I don't know why, but it seems like for the Fantastic Four, good Fantastic Four movies, and I don't know why. I don't know why. It's weird to me because it's not. I feel like it's not that common. Like the first two movies were bad, then they tried again, and that was bad. They made it like I think a one for the uh, like te like television, and that one was really bad. So I just don't uh, I don't I do think as much as I don't like the characters of Wanda and Vision, Wanda Vision was good. But there's a chance this could be good. But who knows? We'll have to see when it comes. Um, Captain America: New World Order. We'll see Tim Blake now. Last seen in 2008's Incredible Heart, Hulk return as the leader, and presumably faced off against Sam Wilson. Oh, yeah, so the new then, Captain America. Yeah. Oh, it looks like they're releasing a lot of 
2024. Like, a lot. Yeah, they announced that Deadpool 3 is going to be in 2024 as well. Okay, so I've talked about this on, like, my Tumblr. I think this is going to start with the Marvel. I think it's going to make it even more noticeable. Because, like, last release, let's see. Shang-Chi, Black Widow, uh, Spider-Man. Is that it? I feel like there was one more. But then they had all this and like, us. I think Marvel fatigue is starting to get to people. I can also imagine the pandemic would, would play into that. Like, all those films would have yeah. to get delayed and that it due to scheduling off. But I think the issue I'm noticing is that you can't really be a casual fan now. And the thing is, is not everyone has Disney. Yeah. And the thing is, I have not watched Hawkeye or Moon Knight yet, or Miss Marvel, or uh, She-Hulk. I just haven't had the mental capacity to do that. What so it's it? like, I'm super behind. <laughs> yeah. Sammy, I'm uh, currently up to Hawkeye at the moment. And good? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, let's see. And uh, smaller production, it mainly focuses in New York City, but uh, it focuses on the uh, old phrase, don't meet your heroes, or how some of the dark history of the offenses seem to have been glorified by the fans, and they address that. That's good. I, like, eventually I'm going to try to catch up. I feel like after watching WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, I was like, I need a break. I feel like this is not, I don't think this is their best idea to release all this stuff so quickly. I think they need to start spacing it out again. Yeah, same this is, uh... this is too much. Oh, definitely. And I will say so far, the best Marvel show on Disney Plus is still what if, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I kind of agree. Um, I still, I also and then Winter Soldier is good, but I am biased because oh, yeah. I love Anthony Mackie. But um, mm-hmm. lineup was revealed to be Valentina De Fontaine. I don't know who that is. Ghost, Red Guardian, Black Winter, Winter Soldier, U.S. Agent, and Past Master. This dark superhero will Schreier and hits the theaters July 26, 2024. And this is going to be the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say this is the take on the Suicide Squad. So this can... I, I don't know. Like, I hate to sound like I'm being really negative, but when it comes to Marvel stuff, I'm always really get excited just because I've been disappointed so many times. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's this thing where it's like, there's too much going on. They need to, like, either focus on a few things or try to space stuff out. Because, again, they're releasing way too much quickly. Now, uh, Marvel's director, Nia DaCosta, showed a trailer that teased the dynamic between Kamala Khan, Monica Rambo, and Carol Danvers. It comes to theater by 2023. Yeah. I'm hoping so that's, that's good. Uh, on the subject right. of Marvel, I remember one uh, fan project me and my friends really want to see is Marvel versus Sony and Jump. <laughs> that would actually be cool. But that would be a badass fighting game. It like, would be. Oh, that would be. Matchups like Captain America versus Deku, Wolverine versus Naruto, that would be uh, cool. Luffy versus Spider Man, Taskmaster versus Sasuke Uchiha. Okay, so, 
I sent you the article because now we're going to be going into the Marvel Disney Plus stuff. Do you want to talk about that since I just did all the talking? Okay, uh, let's see. Marvel Studios. Uh, on Disney let Plus. Me just... Okay, Marvel on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, this one I'm actually uh, curious about. Werewolf by Night, their first horror production. Like, full-on horror. Yeah, this is good. It's called Werewolf by Night. Mm -hmm. So, is that Jessica Jones? The girl, like, there's a, a trailer. We're not clicking it, obviously, but it looks like Jessica I don't know who that girl is, but... Yeah, um, I'm not too... You have to forgive me since I'm not that familiar with the comics. But uh, I'm not by Night seems to be an actual character. And, oh. And it's going for on horror like they even they're inspired by the uh, horror during the golden age of films, which is why it's in black and white. So this could be interesting. And it comes out this year. Okay, so... Oh, good. yeah, and Ironheart is is coming next year as well. Oh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Ironheart is, in the comics, it was like the spiritual successor to Iron Man, or rather the full-on successor. And so, we'll do tech and, tech and magic do battle. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that sounds like an in, interesting matchup. And oh, they're doing an adaptation of Secret Invasion. And uh, I heard about oh. that comic line. Uh, that, yeah, that me too. Arc. And Jamie uh, L. Jackson returning as Nick Fury. Always great to see Woo. him again. And It's always good to see him. Okay, this one I haven't heard about. Armor Wars. I'm going to pick up where Secret Invasion left off with Rodney getting a bunch of new War Machine style uh, suits of armor. Oh, John Cheeto's character? Oh, yeah. Oh, so he's oh, finally getting to do something? Oh, goddamn yeah. turn. <laughs> and of course, oh, and you won't be happy about this, but Loki season two. Boo! Mm -hmm. <laughs> And oh, wait, I've heard about this. So, Ki Hun Kwan, sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, is going to be in the cast. So, okay, so here's the thing. Um, I really like Ki Hun Kwan. I'm happy that he's returned to acting, but if you don't know me, I freaking hated the Loki series. And uh, it seems like they're now, it's like, visit a bunch of different time periods. Someone in the first season, and you fucked it up. <laughs> Like I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna get into a Loki rant, but I, mm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this just because I genuinely do not trust the people behind the Loki series. I do not under any circumstances. And that's all I'm gonna say. Like it. I can see why you're creeped out by how they handled the character and basically how he felt. Dad, you're a traitor. How could you? What do you like I, about it? Um, let's see. It maybe there's a real visuals uh, and. Loki finally being confronted with his own actions and his own character, quite literally. And I will say, I agree with you with how it was creepy, how he basically fell for basically an alternate version of himself. Like, when Thor told him to go fuck himself, he took it too literally. Yeah, you like, feel that was not earned, also, the, the, the kiss at the end. 
Yeah. Yeah. But so I just okay. Like our relationship lasted long. Or not? At least that's good for you. Well, I defer this because I love Tom Hiddleston, but I think what I'm gonna do is maybe wait for all the like episodes to be released and then hear what people have to say and then maybe I watch it. But I'm not gonna be watching it when it comes out. I'm just not interested right now. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad King Kwon Han is getting worse. All right, next and, and Echo. Oh, it's. Which a tease is going to be streaming on Disney Plus, quote unquote, soon. And it's, let's see, they got a trailer. I haven't seen it yet, but they say it has a lot of Native American imagery and the return of Wilson Fisk. Wait, oh, is that the Kingpin? Yeah, that's Kingpin. Oh, he was terrifying in Daredevil. Genuinely terrifying. He was. Like that, who played him? Sent shivers up my spine. I'm trying to remember the guy who played him because I think that's probably so far one of the the best, like, I know his name. I'm just, I'm blanking on it. What was his name? Yeah, I remember my friend Sean. Uh, he says he's generally the most terrifying Marvel villain. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh. Vincent D'Onofrio. He was fantastic as Wilson Frisk. And I think what was great is that they didn't try to, like, put him in a fat suit or anything. He was just this really you know, big, intimidating guy, and it worked. So I'm excited for that, because I do love Vincent D'Onofrio, and he was fantastic. Oh, yeah, Speaking of which, Daredevil Born Again, got an 18 episode order for Disney+. Plus. Uh, no trailer yet, but uh, I'm really hoping they stay true to the darker themes of the original show. <sighs> Me too. Yeah, like, I mean... I think that's one of the bigger issues is people are just worried that it's like, is Disney going to fuck this up? <laughs> That's kind of always the worry. I mean, ABC Studios basically handled Daredevil back when it was on yeah. Netflix before the Marvel Studios division was formed because yeah. uh, because Kevin Feige couldn't work with Perlmutter anymore, which is the sole reason that studio oh, yeah. existed. Yeah, we and could talk about the him I heard, all day. I, I don't blame him for not wanting to work with Perlmutter ever again. Oh, no. Like, uh, for those of you who don't know, Perlmutter was the original head of, like, the Marvel stuff, and he was an absolute jackass. Like, there's a reason he doesn't talk about him. Like, this, I think, is one of their biggest shames. He was just a dick all around. So, I don't think, you know, like, I have issues with um, Kevin. You know, I don't think he is the best. However, he is a million times better than Perlmutter. I'm thankful we have him instead of Perlmutter. And it was, and Perlmutter was also the main reason why it took so long to, for Black Panther and all these more diverse superheroes oh. to make their MCU um, yeah. debut. Yep, he was the reason it took so long for Black Panther, I'm a thing. Mm-hmm. So, do we want to talk about some of the Star Wars stuff? We want to do all of it. Or do we want to say that? Yeah, nice uh, knock it out so we don't have to do it. All right, let's time. go. All right, we'll do it. Um, and then I'll take the first one. All right. We got a new trailer for The Mandalorian Season 3. Oh, Woo! Yeah! Everybody's happy about that. Mm-hmm. See, I, I keep saying this, but Disney needs and Lucasfilm needs to freaking kiss John Favreau's feet for saving Star Wars because mm-hmm. I, I knew I was one of those people who's like, I'm done with Star Wars. Mandalorian rolls around. I get into it. I bring my fiance into it. And he was also going to be like, I'm not going to watch Star Wars anymore. This is what brought us back. They need to be yeah, so thankful to him. 
I never even watched episode nine. I heard it was really bad, though. Oh, it's it's amazing how they managed to like screw it all up. But like again, I actually think having more stuff be television shows might actually be a better idea, just because they could explore the yeah, because they could explore the world more. Because the thing about the Mandalorians is there's this like to them. It's been so interesting to learn about the Mandalorian culture and why the Mandalorian is the way he is. You know, he's a foundling and the Mandalorian on like rescuing kids who have been abandoned and stuff. And one of the reasons why like his relationship with Grogu is the way it is, why it's so strong, because he probably sees a lot of himself in Grogu. So, of course, everyone's excited for this. We're excited to see Baby Yoda again. We're excited to see, like, I also want to say like all the characters Mandalorian are great. Um, oh, I wish I could remember her name. I think it was Pell or something, but like she's this older lady who owns um, like yeah. a repair shop. Oh, yeah, her. She's a fun character. I love her. She's just this old lady who's like she she finds Grogu on the, the ship when um they they bring him. Um, oh, yeah, when he returns like, the Mandalorian because he chose. Yeah. That his path instead of the way of the Jedi. But see, it was interesting because she heard a cry, she gets a gun out, and she sees, and she's like, what on earth? And, you know, she picks him up, and she's like, get him food? And it's like, get him some food. And, like, her her, um, her robot's, oh. like, talking to her. She's like, I don't know what it eats, but it was just so <laughs> interesting, like, how she kind of sort of became, like, the cool aunt. And then she the Mandalorian off, it's like, you woke him up! Like, you, you left him on your ship. You have a lot to know about raising a young one, and like, I just, I love her. Her name is Kalimoto. She's so, it's such a fun character, and it's also fun to see an older character, female, have an important role in the story. Okay, next. Jade. Jad. Jad, I'm sorry. <laughs> Andor, and it's a, oh, I haven't seen this one yet. Three episodes. I haven't seen it either. Up. Probably four by now. But oh, it's really? a prequel to Rogue One, where it focuses on Cassian Andor, probably fucked his name up, and how he was recruited to the rebellion against the Empire. I think you said it right. I think it's Cassian. Yeah. I forgot this had come out. Oh, I'm really behind. I've heard good things about it. And he was really uh, good in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And okay. One thing that sense about about Rogue One is had best simply the best Darth Vader fight ever in cinema. Oh, and yes, I'm yeah. including the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Even in that, he at he his fight scene was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was. Oh, and, um, let's see. Let's see uh, oh yeah, the, you're up next. I think. Ahsoka uploaded action series star Rosario Dawson as the former Jessica Tano had some imagery revealed. So this is going to be tied into Rebels. It's oh yeah, Disney. it's that animated show that supposed mm-hmm. to take place between the prequels and the new trilogy. And it was like the early days of the Rebellion, I think. And also, she was introduced in the Clone Wars series, too. Oh, yeah, and she, That's where she became was a fan favorite in that. Like, she was uh, Anakin Skywalker's apprentice, so Padawan, or 
whatever yeah. word they used for was. And she quickly became yeah, I, a fan favorite. Oh, yeah. Like, she's probably been one of the, like, you know, one of the few newer characters to be introduced that people ended up loving. Hmm. All right, you're next. And fans got a glimpse, Emsat, the Jude Law, Sean, and Skeleton Crew, a group of younglings lost in space. Oh, this hmm. sounds interesting. I hadn't heard of this until before, and I was just, have you love been in Star Wars already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many Star Wars. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> oh, I still this. The Bad Batch is getting to season two. I have not watched this yet, but my fiance says it's good. It's getting oh, yeah. a second season. Yeah. Have you watched it yet? No, but a lot of followers I follow who are into Star Wars love that show. Okay. We'll need to watch it then. It's going to kick off January 4th, 2023. Man, Disney Plus is going to be busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of animation and in Star Wars, Tales of the Jedi, a series of six original computer animated shorts about Shoka and Dooku, Dooku which apparently is ties into the Clone Wars, oh. uh, gets a release uh, October 26th. Oh, that's next month. Oh, wow. Oh, that could be really good. Okay, now this and... I'm actually surprised I haven't done yet. Young Jedi Adventures, an animated series created for preschoolers and set in the High Republic area. era. I'm uh, I haven't done this yet. I think I know how that show's gonna end. Wait a minute, Ewok? Uh, oh, shit, it, it does look like an Ewok. What? But it's blue. What the freak? I don't know. I mean, what? I've never seen a blue Ewok before. What they even Yeah. It looks like an Ewok, but I mean, I don't know. Eh, it's gonna be for preschool. It's not gonna be for us. Okay, yes. final stretch. You can do this. Oh, Lucasfilms. Indiana yep. Jones 5, uh, Harrison Ford is really excited about this film. Like, you can actually see a complete uh, change in how he speaks and acts. Uh, when talking about a film compared to the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. Like, yeah. Genuinely happy to do this. And he also announced it's his last film as Indiana Jones. That's probably for the best. I do love, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, like everyone's Hollywood grandpa, but I don't, he probably can't do another Indiana Jones film after this Yeah, one. he's getting up there. Yeah, but see, he always loved Indiana Jones more than Star Wars. Indiana Jones is his baby. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, probably everyone's seen this picture, but um, Ford Renai won Quan after 30 years, after 38 years, and people like, they started a movie. That guy who started everything everywhere all at once, that was short round. Oh my God. Yeah, he was short round. He, like I said, it was like, hey, he, um, Returned to acting. I'm like, what has he been in? I went to look. He was short round. That was little short round. And now he's all up. And the picture of him hugging Harrison Ford has got to be one of the things I've ever seen. Because the smiles on their faces are just so, it's so genuine. And on heart, it's like, if you ever need some serotonin, if you ever need to feel happy, Need some dopamine? Go look at that picture. It's just so sweet. And uh, yeah. finally, uh, for the oh, Willow, 
The eight-episode Disney Plus series returned to the same world introduced in the 1988 movie. Roy Davis, who starred in the film, is also set well, also on this series, and for those of you who don't know, Willow is sort of like a fantasy film Charles Lucas worked on that starred Warwick Davis. He, uh, he actually got to start playing an Ewok in, uh, let's see, uh, the episode 06, Return of the Jedi. And yeah. he also was in, played numerous characters in the Harry Potter films. He collaborated with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Well, he oh, don't forget, he was the mini- Leprechaun. He- oh, yeah, Con. the Leprechaun. The Leprechaun series, which he said was his favorite films to work on. He and- loves working on those films. And you can tell. Me, what my favorite is when he co-starred alongside Carl Pilkington in season three of An Idiot Abroad. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually really liked Willow. Oh. Also, I feel like it's impossible to hate Warwick Davis. There's just something about him. Because he's also, like, been really big about embracing who he is. Because he is, you know, he is a... He's a little person. Mm -hmm. But he has embraced that. He even, like, a book called Size Matters Not. And, like, I just... Yeah, I am Warwick Davis. Who doesn't love him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, there was oh, so much yeah, news. Oh, God. Ugh. I feel like newscasters. We should get paid for this, man. <laughs> uh, we can only hope. <laughs> okay, you ready for recommendations? Hell yeah, you start first. Right. Three things to recommend. First, Demon Slayer. So, I'm a nerd. No surprise. But, um... I, I recently started getting back into anime and manga. And I was seeing, um... A lot of characters related to something called Demon Slayer. I was on TikTok who cosplays the character of Zenitsu. And I was just curious because he was running after this character. He literally runs into a wall to try to get to her. I'm like, who is this character? And I'm like, what is he from? It's called Demon Slayer Kimitsu Yaba. I'm probably saying that wrong. But basically, it's about this young boy named Tanjiro during the Taisho era. He is a family. His entire family is killed by demons. This is a world where demons exist. And his sister, Nezuko, he's the only one who ends up surviving, but she gets turned into a demon. And, okay. yeah, and Tanji Rose like, well, I'm going to find a way to fix my sister. And he ends up meeting um, this man named uh, Tomioka, and he's a Hashira. And the Hashira are kind of like... Um, the best swordsmen in something called the Demon Slayer Corps. They're people who dedicate their life to killing demons. So it's about Tan trying to become the best Demon Slayer he possibly can while also trying to um, figure out how to save his sister Nezuko. And see, I was a little skeptical just because like, I saw so much, everyone was like praising it. And I remember like when people were doing the same with um, not, and I, you know, I ended up like, oh, this is not that great. I just, I found Naruto to be really lacking. I feel like Demon Slayer does everything a shonen manga slash anime should do. It has an interesting concept. It is that the writer did a lot of research for the era in which they want to write about. The characters are interesting. And the balance of humor, but also when it's time to be serious, it's serious. 
And I think what's really interesting is there's only, I think there's technically, I think three seasons, there's like, you know, different arcs. Um, they do such a good job of making you feel for characters. They introduce a lot of these characters and some of them, it's like, you don't think you're going to feel anything for them, but then you manage to feel something. Like one of the Hashiras they introduced, Ren Goku. He unfortunately, I don't know, he doesn't get to be in the series that long, but in the time he's in there, he made such an impact. Um, and also, you see the growth Tanjiro goes through. Because he's like, he's a very sweet character, but he does go through a lot of struggles because he wants to, you know, defeat and kill all the demons. It's really good. And also, the animation is amazing. The way they animate the fights. Holy crap. I highly recommend it. I am reading the manga alongside the anime. And I'm being impatient because the next season is not. I want to see it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good. Um, okay. Next is everywhere. All at once. I finally watched the movie. I finally got it. Holy crap, this movie is so good. If you haven't watched oh, yeah. it yet. I love that movie. So far, it's his favorite of the year. Oh, yeah. Just, like, see, there's a, an article talking about Doctor Strange and Everywhere, Everywhere at once, and it was just talking about how Everywhere, Everything is a better job of doing the multiverse story just because of how they do with how they do characters. Because, see, I think what really surprised people it's got like it's a very positive movie despite it also being nihilistic and that's where like you know Ki Hong Kong came back he came back to this and he ends up like sort of being a really of the story I was just really surprised at how heartwarming the movie was and I also think if Michelle Yeoh does not get nominated for best actress I am setting Hollywood I am sorry she was phenomenal in that movie I like I, I mean I am biased. I think a lot of people need to like I think a nomination and also uh Stephanie who, I'm probably saying that wrong. She played Joy. I think she should also get a nomination. Like it just it was really good and what surprised me, the budget for the film was twenty five million. Oh wow. Seriously? Yeah. They did such a good job with the budget they had. It was phenomenal. And then last but not least, I actually it is Other Ever Afters by Melanie Gilliam. Now, I really love comics. I love graphic novels. And there's an artist. My name is Melanie. And one was it that she wrote? Hang on. I'm opening up and looking. She wrote this comic called The Fishwife. And one of my favorites because it's about this really old woman um, who is. And one day she's a. Uh, she goes. Uh, to the dock, and she's thinking about driving herself. And she's crying, but then all of a sudden, and she says, I have seen your heart do one, and tears in water these 40 years. You're religious, everyone in it, and none can love you. But I can love you. So, she ends up marrying this mermaid. It's a really short story, but it's super sweet. Like, all of these stories are fairy tale stories, but they all feature women. So it's the underlying title is New Queer Fairy Tales. So Neat. I haven't read all of it, but I'm loving it so far. I love her art style. She has this like gorgeous art style. It's like, um, I think it's like all done in colored pencils. It's 
warmth to it. So I highly recommend I've always loved her stuff. So as soon as I heard that she was making a collection, I pre-ordered it. So I highly recommend it. It is called Other Ever Afters, New Queer Fairy Tales by Melanie William. You can order it on Amazon or wherever you get books. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, wait, now it's my turn. Crap. <laughs> okay. So, uh, mine isn't probably as uh, archy as yours. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. First one recommendation is a TV series. It's called Home Movies. Was <gasps> I remember Home Movies. by Brandon Small and Nolan Barchard. Uh, it focuses on a kid, Brandon Small, and his his friends, Melissa and Jason, as they create movies in his mom's basement. Now, many deal with his uh, own real-life problems, and he's having trouble trying to figure out how to cope or process with them. So, just makes makes uh, bad movies with his friends to deal with them. Um, and, uh, and he often gets bad advice from his uh, short-tempered alcoholic soccer coach, John McCook. Who is hands down the best character on the show? It's like where well, H. John Benjamin sort of became an underground icon. Uh, because a majority of the dialogue is improv, and his improvisation as a character is great and always, always chuckle worthy. That day sounds familiar. H. John Benjamin, uh, he also voiced uh, Bob and Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah. And that in a minute. Uh, Brendan Small, uh, the co-creator, would go on to uh, create Metalocalypse for Adult Swim. And Lauren oh, wow. Boucher would go on to make what's probably his most well-known series, Bob's Burgers. Oh, wow. It has the same improvisational tone as uh, uh, home movies. It's okay. currently on a... It's an adult trim show, so it's currently on HBO Max, all four seasons. Uh, first season oh, nice. uh, is kind of awkward since it still copies that squigamation of uh, Dr. Katz. But by season two, they really find their own identity, so I would recommend that. And uh, my second and last recommendation, Hades. Now... This is a game I've been addicted to for a while. It's by, by a small uh, independent game developer, Supergiant Games. They specialize in dungeon crawlers, and Hades has got to be the biggest game yet. It's heavily inspired by Greek mythology. It focuses on Zacharys, the son of Hades, as he tries to escape the underworld. And he's aided by the gods who give him different and uh, abilities and uh, boons, as they call them. However, every time you die, you end up back at the house of Hades where your father berates you and you meet a cast of other characters who work in the underworld. Uh, and and so it actually ties to the story dying constantly on each failed attempt. Um, and uh, I also want to say that this game is a bisexual's wet dream. Like, all the <laughs> men and female and non-binary characters... They really got it, especially Thanatos, who's like the Grim Reaper, but he's got an amazing side titty. So I just want to throw that out there. I need to play this game. I haven't gotten a chance, but I've heard nothing but really good things about it. It is also incredibly hard, so get ready to die a lot. Hell, I die. Oh, no. Is it like Cuphead? 
Um, Cuphead, but instead of dying, you saw it at the very beginning of the game. No! Oh, God, no. But it ties into the story about how you're trying to escape the underworld, so it was smart of them to do that. Hello, okay, I think that's everything. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah, okay, so next is Halloween. Of course, it's mm-hmm. October. So I'm going to find some like spooky Halloween-y stuff we can talk about. Um, I-, I love Halloween. It's like my favorite... It's my favorite month. I love spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, hopefully, we'll find some good stuff to talk about. So, uh, also, uh, Jad, aren't you guys playing some spooky games on your um, Let's Play? Oh, yeah. Super bonus round. Uh, let's Play channel. I'm a co-host on, on YouTube. It's entered in October, which means it's the start of spooky bones round. We'll play not Ooh. three, not four, but five different and Halloween-based games. Ooh. Oh, I'm and excited. Because of how long some of them are, they'll even go straight into December. That's going to be fun. Yeah, so Halloween isn't going to end for the rest of the year for us. So look forward it's to that. Be spooky? That's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. All five of them are spooky and horror-themed. So I'm also um, doing like all horror games on my Let's Play channel just because I have like a lot of horror I buy a lot of indie games, so there's so many of these. Like, I need to play some of these, so I just do like a let's play of all, you know, horror games in October. So that's what I'm doing on my channel, Root Beer Cutie Boo. And like I said, like Jad said, he is doing. They're doing um all horror during the month of Halloween and throughout the next rest of the year. So I'm looking forward. I love watching you guys. Like, if I need something to play in the background, I usually put you guys on. So, as always, I will put links in our show notes, and y'all have a good day, and keep watching weird stuff. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. End of show. Rudy here. Just wanting to say thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting us. If you would like to support us more, please share the podcast. It would really mean the word to me and Chad. Also, um, you can write reviews wherever you can, like on Apple podcasts and stuff like that and again just share us with your friends if you think we're funny or we're sharing once again thanks for your support and we will continue to watch really bad and weird cartoons bye